0: So good morning, my name's Ollie, and uh, by way of perhaps a little introduction, let me tell you that for the last 15 or so years, um, as my job, I've been teaching children science. And at some point during that process, somebody decided to promote me. And as a result, I now spend uh, a little bit of my time in interviews talking to people who want to come and work for us. Um, And in that context, I've heard my boss ask the same question to pretty much everybody that we've interviewed. So this is a heads up if you ever want to come and work for me. Um, He... (laughs) He asked this question, what matters most to you in your professional life? Uh, And it's a really telling question, actually. And once you've got through the kind of obvious nonsense that people don't really believe, but feel like they should say anyway in an interview, you get to the crux of the matter, which is the truth. And for most people, that's a variation on the theme of, I want to be happy. Just want to be happy. And Before we get on our Christian high horses about that and look down our noses and say, well, that might be okay for you, but I'm living for something a little more meaningful and a bit less trivial than that. Let's just be honest and look at our own hearts and recognize we all want to be happy, don't we? The question is not, do you want to be happy? The question is, how is happiness actually achieved? And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. How do we achieve uh, a lasting joy? How do we achieve something that counts, something that persists when the circumstances of life change? Well, my time is quite short, so I'm going to skip straight to the answer this morning. I believe that true joy, true happiness is to be found only in the person of Jesus. Now, in some ways, that's a bit of an obvious answer. That might not come as a great surprise to you. I'm mic'd up in a church with a Bible. Jesus was pretty likely to be the answer, wasn't he? But on the other hand, I find the connection between Jesus and happiness just a little bit curious. See, I don't find it that hard to accept that Jesus is profound and important and significant. I don't find it that difficult to accept that Jesus is loving and gracious and kind. I don't find it that hard to accept that Jesus was bold and brave and courageous, but happy. The Bible doesn't record that many times that Jesus laughed. There are no points in the Gospels where Jesus is recorded cracking a joke and all the disciples agree that it's an absolute belter. (laughs) The Beatitudes don't include the line, blessed are the stand-up comedians because we all need a laugh from time to time. I think it's possible to read the Gospels and build a picture in our minds of Jesus who's a little bit stony-faced, a bit dour, maybe even a bit miserable. Let's not confuse ourselves here. Jesus was the most important person in the whole of human history. And he had the most important, the most serious job to do. He came to die to rescue the entirety of creation. So he wasn't a silly or a trivial man. But at the same time, the Gospels record that people wanted to hang out with Jesus They wanted to eat with him. Children wanted to spend time with him. I think Jesus must have been fun. And I think that's actually quite important. I don't think that's meaningless or trivial at all. Because Jesus himself said, the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, can you have life to the full without joy? I think not. The Bible talks quite a lot about joy and delight and enjoying things. Um, Interestingly, often in the context of a command, let me give you an example of that. Um, Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, take delight in the Lord we're commanded. In other words, enjoy him. Enjoy who he is, what he's done for you, who you are because of him. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, biblical joy is less something that kind of happens to you unbidden when the circumstances are just right and more a choice that we make. The choice is, am I going to let my circumstances dictate my outlook or am I going to choose to delight in him? And that's a really easy choice to make when everything's going well. But the book of James talks about a kind of rubber-hits-the-road sort of joy that I think is world-changing. Listen to this, James 1 verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials... Of many kinds. Now, that little phrase translated consider it there is a Greek word that literally means command or govern or lead. So you could directly translate this as command pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Or to put it another way, when life feels rubbish, when it feels like the wheels have fallen off, we are to aggressively dominate our thinking I will choose joy. I will choose to look to him who saved me. I will choose to look to him who loves me and who knows everything about me. I'm going to choose to look to him who is working all things together for my good in this situation, just like he has in every other situation I've ever faced. I'm going to choose to rejoice in who he is and in who I am because of him. If joy doesn't come naturally to me, I'm going to command it to be my response. Now, nothing could be further from painting a fake smile on your face and pretending everything's okay when it isn't. The Bible's clear that there are times in life where we're going to feel sad and we're going to feel upset. And pretending that that's not the case is really unhealthy. In fact, acknowledging that is an important part of this process. That's not what biblical joy is about. Biblical joy instead is about saying, I'm not going to let the work stress or the family crisis or the diagnosis or the sin that's still in my life or the the bills on the doormat dictate my outlook and lead me to hopelessness. Instead, I'm going to look to Jesus. I'm going to look to the one who loves me. See, biblical joy is a dogged, messy, sometimes really painful choice to look to Jesus. And what starts as a difficult choice becomes a habit. And that habit is transformative. You see, the Christian walk was never meant to be one miserable, trudging step after another, weighed down by the responsibilities of our our mission and of our circumstances. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden's light. I've come that you might have life in fullness. I want to give you the desires of your heart. And I want to give you the gift of Holy Spirit living in you. And when Holy Spirit lives in us, there is natural, inevitable fruit that comes out of that. And that fruit, the Bible says, is love and peace and patience and kindness, but it's also joy. It's joy. So if you're a Christian this morning, if you love Jesus, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then let me ask you this question. Are you growing joy? Are you fruitful in this area? If you don't know, ask someone who loves you, because I bet they know. I mean, they will really know. If the answer to that question is yes, if you're, if you're growing joy, then that's great news. But don't forget that the source of your joy is Holy Spirit. It's a limitless bottomless well. You're never going to run out of it. It's there for you to enjoy, but it's also there for you to give away. So let's be deliberate about giving joy away as much as we possibly can. But if your answer to that question is no, if you've got to be honest and look at your life and say, my branches aren't bearing a whole lot of joy at the moment, what are we going to do about that problem? I would humbly suggest that the answer to that is to come to the giver of joy, to come to the one who has promised to give us the desires of our heart. Come to him, deliberately move your focus onto him and choose to delight in him. However difficult, however painful that might be. Because he really wants to give us the desires of our heart. He wants us to live life to the full. How about this for an amazing truth? The almighty sovereign king of the universe cares about your joy. He wants you to be happy. This magnificent one cares about even that. And that's not trivial or silly or meaningless. That's profound and significant and life-changing. But it's also fabulously good news and really, really fun. I want to cultivate joy in my heart like a fruit farmer might cultivate apples or pears. I want to be so full of it when my life circumstances change that the people around me will be in no doubt whatsoever that my joy comes from him. And then I want to be deliberate about giving it away to absolutely everybody that I meet.